0: Hi everyone, Benjamin Smith here, pastor of Revealing Truth Ministries, Wesley Chapel. You know, God is always speaking good things to us and he has a word for you today, we are sure of it. Take some time out to listen and we'll be back as soon as we're done. God bless you. It is good to know that he is our peace. Regardless of how things look, say that with all due respect because sometimes if you look at what's going on in the natural it looks hard it looks difficult it looks impossible but he is our peace he is our peace he also is our strength He empowers us to go through everything that this world has to offer and still stand at the end, regardless of the situation, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the medical report, regardless of your bank account, regardless of how people on your job or in your family is acting. He is our peace. And we have to remind ourselves of these things. We have to talk to ourselves even when tears in our eyes we have to remind ourselves exactly who God is and who he is to us I think some people forget or some people do not take into account that God is our father He's not just our God but he is our Father. There's a difference because some people have a thought process of, of God as being someone who lords over you. But if there's any parents in here, if there's anyone that have stood as a parent or a guardian, there's a love that you have for those kids that words cannot describe when they are in a situation you would do everything within your power and then some to bring them comfort I think sometimes we forget that as much love as we have for our kids as much love as we have for our loved ones God is infinitely more concerned about their well-being, concerned about their feelings, concerned about everything there is to be about them. Sometimes we eternalize: well, why is this happening to my friend? Why is this happening to my child? Why is this happening to my spouse? And you don't, what do you think God is thinking of? What do you? What love do you think he loves them with compared to the love that you love them with? We have to remind ourselves that he is a good, good father. He loves everything there is about you, the person. He's constantly working things out for your good. Always all the time there is never a moment where he's thinking of you and he's like oh that Michael man I want to trip him up no I love him with an everlasting love that words cannot describe I love him so much that I gave the very best that I had the best that I had There was a song, and I don't know if it was the title, but the words were, life is hard, but God is good. Be reminded of that today. Could you all greet your neighbor? Hello. Bless you? Real quick, before we start, you can be seated. See <laughs> Real quick before we start, I had this thought process that I was gonna come in here and I was gonna brag on my wife a whole lot. Um, last week, of course, we were not here, we had the change experience. It went awesome, it went well. There were people that came in. My girl, been knowing her since the seventh grade. Been knowing her since I was 12, because that's what she told everybody else. Like she was four when that happened, but we was both at the same seventh grade school. But anyway, Kimberly Jackson was there with us, awesome. Everything was excellent. Everything went wonderful. Miss Janice, Miss Emerald and Brian showed up by surprise unexpectedly. It was such a it was it was it was awesome. It was awesome to see someone operating in what God has called them to do. And I saw that on many different levels from Shalita to Kim to Sheila to some of the other people that were there that were sharing their gifts and talents. It was it was excellent. It was awesome. And I am so extremely proud of her. Love her dearly. That's that's one thing. The second thing is the last time I was up here, I was kind of joking, but kind of serious about my wife singing and and people... <laughs> no, this, this is the thing. This is the thing. Be- because, no. This is the thing. We joke. We joke. And so sometimes it's like I come across as being extremely hard on Shalita. I want you all to know that is not the case. She's sung... To me, numerous. That's not the, that, trust me, that's not the only time. She does it a lot. And I know her love for me, so I filter her sound through the fact that I know she loves me so much. And it's always, and, and believe me, If God told her to come up here and belt out a tune, I would be the first one to say, you do it. If God told me to come up and belt out a tune, as a matter of fact, the very first time that I taught in Wesley Chapel at Wharton High School, he had me sing a little song, and I did that the very first time. Y'all, I know I can't sing, (laughs) but whatever he tells me to do, I am committed to doing that and in the same breath... I would tell my wife and any of you, whatever God tells you to do, by all means, do that. Now, the third and last thing before before we get started, um, as I prepare for messages, I prepare different. I prepare my way. Uh, One of the things that both when Shalita um, is going to bring the word or when I am going to bring the word, we do not have conversations about what we're going to teach. It's just like, okay, you're going to come in there. You're going to get the word like everyone else. That's going to be it. You want to hear what God is telling you. I remember one of the first times I told her, oh, I'm going to teach on this. I'm going to teach on that. And this and that and the other and These of plans that I got to go through. And then when I got up here, God kind of twisted it up. And then she sounded, looked like she took notes. She was like, oh, you didn't say this. You didn't do that. You should have done this and that. And now there's a hot, That's the last time I'm going to tell you about anything unless God tells me <laughs> to tell you. With that being said, we hopped in the car, and this time everything was okay. It was all right, you know, no pressing issues or anything going on, and she's driving because she doesn't like my driving, so she just decided she's going to drive so she doesn't have to sit on the passenger side and complain all the time. But anyway, she looked at me. Oh, you know what is coming. She looked at me, and she was like, Oh, you better bring the work today. I was like, so what you're saying, like I normally don't? And she was like, um, okay, but for real. And I kept trying to pull out that, okay, kiki, ha-ha, it's kind of a, you know, I'm t-. but she was emphatic on the, don't get up there playing. No, she actually said, don't get up there playing. She really said, don't get up there playing. And that could have been all types of pressure. It could have been. It could have been. But every time I get up here, I believe that I've heard something from God that's going to help those that hear. If nothing else, I know it helps me. And so, (laughs) with my wife, (laughs) but I get up there and play around. Like I I know you don't play around, but I was like, so what? So what you trying to say? I'm just, I was trying to filter. Like, what is my, what is my wife trying to talk about? But anyway, anyway, anywho, I got all of that out. Bring the word. That is the plan. and Actually, I was thinking about that in the back for a moment. And then God just whispered something. He said, we got this. And that's the confidence I have in the I do not do this alone. Some of the things that Minister Ashley was ministering about is we're not in this alone. He always has our back, four front, sides, blind spots, always have it all. So with that being said, I'm gonna start. let me make sure, hold on for a second. All right. I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time that we have come together to hear from you. Jesus, your words are life to us. Therefore, we open up ourselves to hear what you are saying to us. Holy Spirit, this is your service. I yield to you and become an active participant in what you want to accomplish here today. Thank you for personalizing this message of life for each of us and giving us what we need both immediately and in the future. In Jesus name. Amen. If you will put up our confession about our Bibles, everybody hold up your Bible or whatever. Form it has book electronics. Yeah, there we go. All right. This is my Bible. I can be what it says I can be. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. Every verse is God breathed, and I aim to live by every word. It is essential to my faith foundation and works to change me from the inside out into the person God created me to be. That is why I shall never let it go. It is reliable. It is the truth. It is divine. It is the word of God and shall forever be to me, my Bible in Jesus name. Amen. All right. Um, We are still on the beyond good. And the title of this particular message is worry is not an option. All right. What is worry? It's to give way to anxiety or unease. Allow one's mind to dwell on difficulty or troubles. It's a state of anxiety and uncertainty over actual or potential problems. And worry is based on fear. Fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat, to be afraid of someone or something as likely to be dangerous, painful, or threatening. Now, we've been hearing about fear. You know, Pastor... Benjamin, he talked about the fact that fear is always there, the potential to always be there. And that is correct, because fear starts in a part of your brain called the amygdala, okay. And what that is created to do is for protection, you know, Fight or flight, there's a situation. But like with a lot of things, if you overindulge in those things, it becomes a problem. An example. Um, A couple of weeks back, I was at work. I went outside, had on some headphones. So I was listening to music. All of a sudden, I just decided, I believe it was probably the Holy Spirit, to just look down and behind me. Right here, like inches from my calf, was a barking pit bull. Oh! As I look back and, I, and you can feel Fear. You can feel it quick. So what I did was the first thing I did is I stopped. Didn't didn't run. And the first thing I said was Jesus. And then I just said, calm down calm down. At this point, I wasn't talking to me, I was talking to the dog, because the dog kept barking. And as I moved, it would go away and come back. And to the point that it, I think it tapped me once. But this is the thing. One of the things was sometimes if you look at fear, it's a problem. So I looked at the dog like twice, then I just looked up, went forward, and just kept walking. Just kept walking. Be calm. And the dog went away. Now, years back when I didn't have a car and I walked everywhere, I experienced dogs all the time. They would come. I remember one time they would come in, and um, one dog just came running up. But I, I caught contact with the dog. It wasn't like it was a surprise. It was coming up, and I had heard a message on: you have authority over every creature, every living thing. Um, so this particular time and I've been confessing it too it wasn't just like oh that's a great thing it's I saw it and what I tried to do is I tried to get eye contact so I leaned down like this and I said in the name of Jesus stop the dog was the dog was running at full speed and it went from that to a oh! And it kind of slid, and it was about as far as me is to her, and it just stood there, and it was just, but it didn't move. And I walked off, and I was laughing. I was like, "Yeah, I got victory over that one." But this is, but this is the thing. It was a point that I operated in something that I heard. There's two words that I learned years ago. One was Logos, and one was Rhema, or some people pronounce it Rhema. Logos is the written word of God. Rhema is the spoken word of God. What we have to do is we have to take the Logos and make it Rhema, For us, not to the point, not just to the point where we take the written word and we speak it, but it has to come to the point that we take the written word and we speak it so much that it begins to speak to us. There's a lot of scriptures on fear in the Bible and worry in the Bible and all of them saying, don't do it. Isaiah 41:10 in the King James version it says fear thou not for i am with thee be not dismayed for i am thy god i will strengthen thee yea i will help thee yea i will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness have second timothy 1 and 7 one of my favorites God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 1 John 4 and 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Philippians 4.16. Be careful for nothing, or full of care, or anxious, or fearful, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And then Matthew 6. 25 therefore i say unto you take no thought for your life what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink nor yet of your body what ye shall put on is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment and then it goes on to a whole lot of other things but it says fear not so many different times in the bible it tells you not to fear not to fear, fear not. Don't be afraid, don't worry. Fear not, fear not, fear not. How do you do that though? How do you not take that thing that is in your brain that's there all the time and could strike up at any moment based on the senses, based on what you see, hear, taste, touch, or smell, or what you're thinking. How do you do that? This is to, as my wife would say, how to do it. First thing is, You need to speak to yourself. Speak the word to yourself. Speak words of encouragement to yourself. Because fear is talking to you, in you. Your thinking can talk to you. Your body can talk to you. You feel pain. Oh, man, what is that? You go on, ask a nurse. Which, if you don't use it right, it has the possibility of just compounding fear in you. Oh, no! (coughs) This says cancer if I feel this way. And I've been feeling that way for weeks. Oh, no! This says I have the possibility of a heart attack Because I've been feeling this way. Oh, no. My limbs are swelling up. I must be a diabetic. Oh, no. It has the possibility of talking all types of fear. You let fear hang in long enough, it'll cause worry. (coughs) But that's not what we're doing. Thank you. Psalm 103, starting at verse 1. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, in all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercy who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. David was telling his soul to bless the Lord. It wasn't a hallelujah, bless the Lord. It was, no, man, everything is looking jacked up. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. He's reminded himself. I have to bless the Lord. I have to remind myself of who he is because everything that I'm looking at is not showing me the goodness of God. So I have to tell myself, remind myself who he is. Jude, verse 20, (coughs) in the King James Version, it says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. You build yourself up. You pray in the Holy Ghost. Things aren't looking good. Things aren't sounding good. What is that? Praying in the Holy Ghost. You know what else you could do? Praying in the Holy Ghost? Speak the word. Pray the word. I know what this, I know what this looks like, but I know that the Bible says this. And I'm going to pray that. Why? Because you got to build yourself up. Why you got to build yourself up? Because obviously you aren't built up right now. There's a process that needs to take place. Why? Because you have to speak to yourself. You have to speak to your body. You have to command your body to do what it was created to do. And if it doesn't line up, you line it up. You want to see a move from God? Does anyone want to see a move from God? You want to know how you see a move from God? Move! You're the body of Christ. When you're moving, he's moving. When you're declaring things, he's declaring things. And all heaven is backing it up. When you're speaking prosperity, prosperity is coming. When you're speaking healing, healing is coming. When you're speaking health, health is coming. I'm waiting on God. The God in somebody else? Or the God in you? Because the word says Christ in you, the hope of glory. Oh, I thought he was talking about the Christ in Kim. Christ is in Kim but what about the Christ in Michael we have to do things we wait sometimes and wait 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 God says move do do and do and do and do and do now there are particular times that I know Sometimes God will have not right now. But in the not right now in that, there is still other things that you can be doing. Yes, the not right now in that doesn't mean not right now in everything. Amen. It doesn't mean that, oh, I'm chilling. We chilling. We just waiting on God. I'm just waiting on the God and digging as low as move. Oh, man, that was awesome can tell you i've had conversations with deaconess lois i've worked with deaconess lois she ain't going for that it's what you doing oh you need to be doing this and you know what she's right because that's the god in her (laughs) talking to me so i can hear the god in me telling me to do what the god in her is telling me to do Hebrews 10, 35 through 39. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall not have pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. We don't get rid of our confidence. God, I don't I don't see how you're going to fix this situation. I don't see how this situation is going to be fixed. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. I don't know how I'm going to be able to pay for this house. Foreclosure is coming up. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. Man, I got a death sentence from the doctor a couple weeks ago. And it's a couple weeks after. It's getting closer and closer. Cast not away, therefore, thy confidence. There's a reward in your confidence in what God is telling you. But you have to speak to yourself because yourself, if it's not spoken to, is going to go the path of least resistance. All this fear, all this worry. I'm doomed. That's what your mind will tell you. That's what your body will tell you. That's what the world will tell you. That's what outside forces will tell you how do you combat that you tell yourself something different you tell yourself what the word of God is saying you speak it and you speak it and you speak it because that's what it takes. This is a lifestyle. This is not something that I'm gonna say it a hundred times and see what happens. This is if I have to say it a hundred times, followed by 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 day after day after day after day after day. Even in, in your mind, if you start off not believing it, you say it that many times, you're gonna start believing it. There will be a change. There will be a change in your mental. There will be a change in your physical. Have you seen it happen? Yes, I have. More than once. I've seen it happen with me personally. I've seen it happen with loved ones. I've seen it happen with people that I barely know. But it works. It's not a formula. It's not an incantation. This is Bible. This is word. This is how it works. Another thing you have to do is you have to speak to and through the obstacle. Opponents will say something to you. They talk to you. Whatever the opponent might be, it might be a physical thing. It might be a mental thing. But they talk. They say things to you. So you have to say things back. Mark. 11, 22, and 23, in King James Version. And Jesus answering said unto, him, unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. have something. Talking to you, it's talking. It's saying some things. Sickness talks to you. Disease talks to you. Bills talk to you. And depending on how many bills you have will depend on how many different voices that you hear. Co workers that don't see things quite the way you see things, they talk to you. And sometimes, if they don't talk to you, you have conversations about them talking to you in your own head. Sometimes, family members as well. For some people, it'd be your kids. I ain't going to church. I'm not gonna do this. I ain't cleaning my room. You're right. You're not cleaning your room. Cleaning the room in my house that you just happen to be staying in. That's a whole different story. Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer before the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, so he was lame from birth, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask an alms, And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him, with John, said, look at us. And he gave heed unto them. So he paid attention. And he was expected to receive something from them. He had an expectation. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, Give I thee, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now, not only did he tell him that, he took him by the hand and lifted him up. I'm so sure I have so much confidence in what I said that I'm just not going to say, Lord, going to bless you. I'm going to show you how that blessing coming took his hand, pulled him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. The man was lame. The man couldn't walk. Peter talked to and through that lameness. What Peter said to the lameness is, "You got to go." What he said through to the person is, "You're gonna be able to walk after, right after this moment," and that's what happened. He did not look at the circumstances. He did not look. Oh man, how long have you been like this? Oh Jesus, all the way since you was born. You know. So that means you really don't even know how to walk. Oh man! Now see, had you just been hurt and you knew how to walk before, then the possibility this won't be that bad. This won't be such a this won't be such a problem. But that means you've never learned to walk. So Jesus, I gotta believe God for you getting up. I gotta believe God for you walking. And I believe God for all of that stuff. Peter and John didn't look at that. They looked at. Right now, we're about to see what we say magnified into existence. And this was something they were walking into. This was something they were walking in. They were walking in it. Peter, the one that denied Christ the one that is empowered in the Holy Spirit now, he, I'm sure he's had some conversations about himself. Man, you really screwed up bad. But you know what? God in him, Christ in him, the hope of glory. It don't matter what happened in the past. It's right about right now. It's all about what's happening right now, what's happening right now. There's a need. The need has to be met. Okay, but the problem is there's a wall that's blocking that knee. What's the wall? Lameness from birth. What's the solution? Oh, He gonna walk today. And he did. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, in 1 Samuel 17, it's the account of David and Goliath, the whole chapter. We're not going to go through the whole chapter, but there's bits and pieces. There's parts you need to see because David, he actually had a physical giant that he was dealing with. In verse four, it says there went out a champion from the camp of the Philistines. Goliath was his name from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. At first, I didn't even know what six cubits and a span, but it sound big. Especially when it gets to a span. I mean, like, man, that's (laughs) that's odd there. It's estimated that six cubits and a span is nine feet and nine inches. Estimated weight was anywhere from 450 to 530 pounds. Huge. Not only is he huge, but the word says he was a champion. So that means he know about this fighting stuff. He he done whooped up on some people, done beat up on some folks. And what he did was he stood and called out to the ranks of Israel. Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I am not I, the Philistine and you, the servants of Saul choose for yourselves a man and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and to strike me down, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him, And strike him down, then you will be our servants and will serve us. The Philistines said, I defy the battle lines of Israel this day. Give me a man and let us fight together. Verse 11. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistines, they were filled with terror and were greatly afraid. They had a lot of things at work. They could see, this joke, a giant. They could hear, this joke, a giant. Their brains were thinking, ain't no way I can mess with this giant champion. And they were fear struck. Now, if you jump down to 26, David had three older brothers that were in the army, he was a shepherd boy. His dad would have him go send things to his brothers and send things to their generals and check on, see how things are going. So at one of these times, David is up. He is with his brothers. He's there. He hears Goliath coming out. All these accusations and railings. And David verse 26 spake to the men that stood by saying what shall be done to the man that killeth this philistine and taketh away the reproach from israel for who is this uncircumcised philistine that he should defy the armies of the living god he doesn't sound like he's fearful he does not sound like he's afraid there's a couple reasons why he doesn't sound like he's fearful and he doesn't sound like he's afraid. One thing is because he said it Israel got a covenant with God, Philistines don't. David said, God is on my side and he's on the other side. So basically, if God's on my side, it doesn't matter if him. His brothers, his sisters, his mama, his daddy, his cousins, uncles, aunts. It don't matter because God is on our side. God is on our side. At at no point did David say, look at this giant champion. He said, look at this uncircumcised Philistine. Look at this person that does not have a covenant with God. Coming up against the armies of God. David looking for the come up. What can I get? (laughs) What can anybody get to get rid of this joker? If you skip down. He said, basically, David was like, okay, nobody else want to take care of this? I'll do it. He went, he met with Saul. Saul gave him all of his armor. One of the things, Saul was bigger than all of the other Israelites. Head, Head and shoulders bigger. But of course, he wasn't as big as Goliath. And he was fearful. So he tried to give David all of his stuff. David put it on, David said, ah, I can't do this. can't. do. It. Number one, it don't fit. But in the, in the scripture it does say, "I haven't tested it. This ain't how I do things. This ain't how me and God do things. What gives you the confidence that you can defeat Goliath? Why are you even talking this way? Oh, because I've defeated a bear and a lion, come against the lambs, rose up. And I don't know if you all remember, but sometime back, Pastor Benjamin taught on this. He was like, a bear and a lion, they're killers by nature. They don't learn to be killers. Them jokers, just killers. And basically, What David is saying, and the way it looks, is like, y'all don't know me, but I know him. And even though I haven't been put on the world stage or on Israel's stage so far, way back in the unseen, in the quiet moments, I've been racking up some victories. I got a victory over a bear. I got victory over a lion and now all y'all about to see what I have known is that Christ in me, God in me is more powerful than anything that the enemy has to throw against me. Goliath said, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks Then the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of of the heavens and to the beasts of the field. That could be really intimidating coming from a nine foot, nine inch person. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, a spear, a shield. But I come to you. In the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have reviled. This day will the Lord deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. Then I will give the corpses of the Philistine camp this day to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the earth, so that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. This thing is. This thing is coming on. Yes. And then all the assembly will know that it is not by sword and spear that the Lord saves, for the battle belongs to the Lord, and He will give you into our hands. He said, I'm not just going to kill you, but I'm going to kill the camp. We're going to kill the camp. It's not just Goliath going to meet defeat today. It's going to be the entire Philistine camp. And you know why? It's not necessarily blame me, glory, but it's to let you know that there is a God and he does reign in Israel. And say, when the Philistine arose and came near to meet David, David hurried and ran toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. He ran toward Goliath. And David put his hand in his bag and took from there a stone and he slung it and struck the Philistine in in his forehead. Therefore, the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the ground. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone, and he struck down the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore, David ran and stood over the Philistine. Then he took his sword and drew it from out of its sheath, and he finished him off, and he cut off his head with it. He took the giant sword, cut off the giant's head. He spoke to his giant. He spoke to the mountain. It had to go. It had to go. He spoke to the giant. He spoke to the obstacle. There are other scriptures. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of stronghold. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. Even when those obstacles are in your head, um, you have to speak to them. That's First Corinthians 3, I'm sorry, 10, verse 3 through 5. Um, 2 Corinthians four, seventeen and 18, King James Version. For our light, affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, temporary, subject to change. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Goliath was temporary. Covenant with God was eternal. All right. So we speak to ourselves. We speak to our obstacles. We speak to and through our obstacles. And thirdly, we praise and worship through. Psalm chapter 35, verse 27, King James Version. It says, let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Psalm 106 and verse one. Praise ye the Lord. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good for his mercy endureth forever. Psalm 106. 111 verses one through three. Praise you the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. The works of the Lord are great. Sought out of all them that have pleasure therein. His work is honorable and glorious and his righteousness endureth forever. Um, Acts 16 Verses 20 through, through 26, and this is talking about the account of where Paul and Silas were in prison. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. So it wasn't no silent whispering prayer. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. Hallelujah. Ephesians 3 20 and 21. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the churches by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. We praise God through. We praise and we worship through. Have I ever had to do this? I have. I'm going to share something quickly with you. Some of you have heard bits and pieces of the story. But I'm going to share it now because it's a little bit more like this that's coming and sharing. My wife and I, I think at the time we had been married Three years, (coughs) roughly four months, and we had just came back from Atlanta for my birthday, and I was getting ready to go to work. Me and, and I'm talking about Shalita, and (laughs) me and her, we were sitting on the bed, and we were talking, (coughs) and then all of a sudden, she looked at me. And she said, I can't feel my toes. I can't feel. She was like, I'm going numb, is basically what she said. And then I was like, well, what's going on? What's going on? And at that point, her body went limp. Her eyes were kind of wide open. And as I looked into her eyes, it was like, there is uncertainty here. My body just went limp. So at this point, I went from talking to her to, okay, because we were sitting on and she literally was about to slide off the bed. So I had to pick her up, put her on the bed, and then I called 911. Now, at that point, as that was going on, Fear came and I wasn't addressing it at the time. It was just like, okay, I need to call 911 and find out what's going on. I'm still trying to talk to her, see what's going on. Of course not getting absolutely no response. And then I began to say, okay, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be all right. Everything's gonna be okay. And I'm, I'm saying this to her. Ambulance come, they do some things, they're asking what happened exactly, what's going on, different, different situ, situations, and they're really not getting anything of what's going on. They checked her, her blood sugar, and it basically bottomed out. It just bottomed out. It was like, um, it's like you're a diabetic and your blood sugar just bottoms out, but she wasn't diabetic. And some of the things that they said they normally would have noticed, they didn't notice because she doesn't sweat. And so she went to the hospital, I went to the hospital. They're there. They're running test after test, after test, after test. They basically tell me, we don't know what's going on. <laughs> we don't know what's going on. Um, and it was it was looking bad because they began to do things like she was a diabetic to keep her her blood sugar, but it kept dropping, and it kept dropping. Fat, and then finally they just sent us home. They just sent me home with her like that, like. It almost felt to me as though she's she not gonna die here. <laughs> Take her home, let her die there. That was pretty much the way it seemed. And so I am, I, I'm taking her back home. I'm praying. I'm, you know, I'm praying everything like that. Now, I heard the enemy, and these exact words were, I am going to kill her like I killed your first wife. Because I had been married seven years prior, and one of, the things that I, one of the things that I realized is it was about the exact same time, because me and my first wife, we were married about three, three years, two months before she passed. This is three years, four months. So around the same time. <sighs> When my first wife passed, there was a level of, I was not ready for that moment at all. Just wasn't ready for that moment at all. And on top of that, I didn't deal with the aftermath exceptionally well. I was crushed. My life, I felt my life was over. And I expected to die. And I pretty much kind of live my life like that. I cannot hear from God. I couldn't hear what he was saying. It was just like I'm getting nothing except I love you. I could hear that. I could consistently hear that. But as I read the Bible, I'm not hearing things. I'm quoting and quoting and reading and quoting and reading and quoting, and for a while, I didn't hear nothing at all. But the same things that I'm telling you was something that I did. And over the course of time, as I continued to do that, I could finally hear the word, I could finally hear God's voice. And the first thing he told me, one of the first things he told me was that I was not a victim. Wasn't a victim. He told me to pick my head up, because he's declared that I'm victorious. Now, my first wife gone. Like, how am I victorious? But God is going to speak God's word to you all the time. And so I begin to hear this and I begin to get built up. I was praying in the Holy Ghost. I was confessing the word. I was doing all of these things that I'm telling you to do. Then I began to hear God clearly. And one of, the thing, one of the first things as I remember began to hear him clearly, I was like, I do not ever want to be in this situation again and unprepared. So God began to prepare me. He began to show me scriptures. One of the things he said is you have power in what you say. Another thing he showed me is, you are the king of your house. You are the strong man of your house. Nothing takes place in your house unless you allow it. As I'm getting these things, we fast forward, to this situation with Shalita 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 is checking out Shalita want to call folks tell them I see y'all she want to I'm, I'm out I see you da, 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 call that we ain't doing that that ain't happening you want to talk to okay when you get better you'll talk to them that's what I was telling it, But as this went in, the enemy had told me that. That's what I heard. But as I was, as I was speaking the word, speaking the word, speaking the word, speaking the word, I took the Logos, I began to speak it. Then it became Raymond because it begins to speak back to me. I heard the Holy Ghost. She was... She was in the bed looking so bad that I walked out. I walked out and I was like, this ain't happening no more. This is not happening again. And it wasn't a, oh my God, I can't believe this is not happening again. It was no, this is not happening again. I clearly heard the Holy Spirit say, declare her decree and declare that she lives. I said, Shalita will live and not die Until I say so Come on, Come on, At that exact moment The Holy Spirit told me Oh she'll live for Amount of years I said I'll take that for now But we'll talk about this later Cause I might not be satisfied With that amount of years Nothing changed In the natural Nothing changed in the natural. I walk back in the room, she's still looking jacked up. She's still, I wanna talk to, I wanna talk to Tarian, I wanna call my mama, how these people, no, we're not caught, no, I don't know how those folks believe. I I know how I believe. I know what I've decreed. I know what I said. I'm not, I'm not juggling this with anyone else. I know what I put in the atmosphere. But you know what? Even with that word, she still looked the way she looked. The next day, she still looked the way she looked. The next day, she still looked the way she looked. The next day, she still looked the way she looked. looked looked. I said, God, you promised me. He said, it was based on your word. I said, She ain't going nowhere. She's going to live. She's going to live. She ain't going nowhere until I say so. Until I say so. (coughs) She got better. She didn't get better the next day. She didn't get better the next week. She didn't get better the next couple weeks. I had to walk this thing out. I walked this thing out in cry in in tears, but I constantly spoke the word. Regardless of the situation. Stand up, dear. Turn around. She's here, folks. She's here, folks. But I had to speak this out. Nothing looked any different. It wasn't like God told me that and all of a sudden I walked in the room. She was like, hey, I'm feeling great. Everything is going excellent. It is going well. It was none of that. She looked the same way she looked when I left. She looked the same exact way I looked when I walked out the room. When I walked back in the room, I was like, I got some good news. I walked back in there to see, had things changed? In the natural, no. <coughs> in the natural that I could see, no. Yes, yes. Later on, wow, because we didn't really talk about this afterwards. Later on, I found out she was trying to check out. She was actually trying. She was actually had undecided decided in herself That she was leaving, and she said she had her her spirit actually left her body. This is what she said. Wait, hold on. Shalita, am I, am I lying? Huh? (laughs) Did you say not today? Wow. My Jesus. But you know what? I'm going to take that one because I asked her. So it was like, but about this. (laughs) At any rate, (laughs) because we got to finish. About this. Shalita had actually, her spirit had actually left her body. She was headed up to heaven, and God told her, you can't come because I made a promise to Mike, and she returned. You cannot tell me that God does not answer prayer. You cannot tell me that God does not do what his word says to do. I don't care what circumstances, I don't care what experiences are that's other, that's aside from the word. Oh, you prayed for this person and they died. So what do you believe? I believe exactly what the word says because there's a whole lot of other things that come into play that we don't know about and we may never know about on this side. All I know is the person that I have literally put my life. On the line four says that, I'm rolling with that. So, in the face of death, in light of the New Testament, like David said to Goliath, I say, you say, we say, you come against me with sickness and disease, and lack, and hurtful words, and all of the mess that you can, but I come against you in the word of the living God, Christ in me, the hope of glory, what I speak, I see. In the name of Jesus. So when death comes, I speak life. When lack comes, I speak abundance. When words come, they don't move me. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm moved by what I say and what I believe. It doesn't matter what things look like because I can decree a thing and change what I see by what I say. The power that lies on the inside of us is just waiting to be exerted on your behalf. Speak it. Say it. Believe it. Receive it. Speak it. (coughs) Say it. Believe it. Receive it. That's all I got. Well, that's what God had to say to us today. We pray that it bless you. As always, we pray that the word of God blesses you, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now. But we pray that you got something out of the message today that would change your life immediately. God bless you and look forward to chatting with you next time.